Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpocha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. I invite you into Jacob's tent where we dive into the Word of God. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled into a quiet place, and let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. Just a quick note of explanation before we begin the reading for today. Taking in the Word of God every day is life to our spirit and health to our bones. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the Word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Tanakh or Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James Version for the Brit Hadashah or New Testament. Today we continue the Torah portion, Korah. Numbers 16, 14-19 Even if you had brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey and given us possession of fields and vineyards, should you gouge out those men's eyes? We will not come. Moses was much aggrieved, and he said to Hashem, Pay no regard to their oblation. I have not taken the donkey of any one of them, nor have I wronged any one of them. And Moses said to Korak, Tomorrow you and all your company appear before Hashem, you and they and Aaron. Each of you take his fire pan and lay incense on it, and each of you bring his fire pan before Hashem. 250 fire pans. You and Aaron also bring your fire pans. Each of them took his fire pan, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and took his place at the entrance of the tent of meeting, as did Moses and Aaron. Korah gathered the whole community against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then the presence of Hashem appeared to the whole community. 
Isaiah 24, 1-26-21 Behold, Hashem will strip the earth bare and lay it waste and twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. Laman and Kohen shall fare alike, slave and master, handmaid and mistress, buyer and seller, lender and borrower, creditor and debtor. The earth shall be bare, bare, it shall be plundered, plundered, for it is Hashem who spoke this word. The earth is withered, seer, the world languages, languishes, it is seer, the most exalted people of the earth languish. For the earth was defiled under its inhabitants, because they transgressed teachings, violated laws, broke the ancient covenant. That is why a curse consumes the earth, and its inhabitants pay the penalty. That is why earth's dwellers have dwindled, but few men are left. The new wine fails, the vine languishes, and all the merry-hearted sigh. Stilled is the merriment of timbrels, ended the clamor of revelers, stilled the merriment of liars. They drink their wine without song, liquor tastes bitter to the drinker. Towns are broken, empty, every house is shut, none enters. Even over wine, a cry goes up in the streets, the sun has set on all joy, the gladness of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the town, and the gate is battered to ruins. For thus shall it be among the peoples in the midst of the earth, as when the olive tree is beaten out, like gleanings when the vintage is over. These shall lift up their voices, exult in the majesty of Hashem. They shall shout from the sea. Therefore honor Hashem with lights in the coastlands of the sea. The name of Hashem the God of Israel. From the end of the earth we hear singing, Glory to the righteous. And I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe is me. The faithless have acted faithlessly, the faithless have broken faith. Terror and pit and trap upon you who dwell on earth. He who flees at the report of the terror shall fall into the pit, and he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the trap. For sluices are opened on high, and earth's foundations tremble. The earth is breaking, breaking. The earth is crumbling, crumbling. The earth is tottering, tottering. The earth is swaying like a drunkard. It is rocking to and fro like a hut. Its iniquity shall weigh it down, and it shall fall to rise no more. In that day Hashem will punish the host of heaven in heaven and the kings of the earth on earth. They shall be gathered in a dungeon as captives are gathered, and shall be locked up in a prison, but after many days they shall be remembered. Then the moon shall be ashamed, and the sun shall be abashed. 
For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and the presence will be revealed to his elders. Hashem, you are my God. I will extol you. I will praise your name. For you planned graciousness of old, counsels of steadfast faithfulness. For you have turned a city into a stone heap, a walled town into a ruin, the citadel of strangers into rubble, never to be rebuilt. Therefore a fierce people must honor you, a city of cruel nations must fear you. For you have been a refuge for the poor man, a shelter for the needy man in his distress, shelter from rainstorm, shade from heat. When the fury of tyrants was like a winter rainstorm, the rage of strangers like heat in the desert, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The singing of tyrants was vanquished. The Lord of hosts will make on this mount for all the peoples a banquet of rich viands, a banquet of choice wines, of rich viands seasoned with marrow, of choice wines well refined. And he will destroy on this mount the shroud that is drawn over the faces of all the peoples, and the covering that is spread over all the nations. He will destroy death forever. My Hashem will wipe the tears away from all faces and will put an end to the reproach of His people over all the earth, for it is Hashem who has spoken. In that day they shall say, This is our God. We trusted in Him and He delivered us. This is Hashem in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice and exult in His deliverance. For the hand of Hashem shall descend upon this mount, and Moab shall be trampled under him as straw is threshed to bits at Madmina, and he will spread out his hands in their homeland as a swimmer spreads his hands out to swim, and he will humble their pride along with the emblems of their power. Yea, the secure fortification of their walls he will lay low and humble, will raise to the ground to the very dust. In that day, this song shall be sung in the land of Yehuda. Ours is a mighty city. He makes victory our inner and outer wall. Open the gates and let a righteous nation enter, a nation that keeps faith. The confident mind you guard in safety, in safety because it trusts in you. Trust in Hashem forever and ever, for in Yah Hashem you have an everlasting rock. For He has brought low those who dwelt high up. He has humbled the secure city, humbled it to the ground, leveled it with the dust. To be trampled underfoot by the feet of the needy, by the souls of the poor. The path is level for the righteous man. O just one, you make smooth the course of the righteous. For your just ways, Hashem, we look to you. We long for the name by which you are called. At night I yearn for you with all my being. 
I seek you with all the spirit within me. For when your judgments are wrought on earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. But when the scoundrel is spared, he learns not righteousness. In a place of integrity he does wrong. He ignores the majesty of Hashem. Hashem, they see not your hand exalted. Let them be shamed as they behold your zeal for your people and fire consuming your adversaries. Hashem, may you appoint well-being for us since you have also requited all our misdeeds. Hashem, our God, lords other than you possessed us, but only your name shall we utter. They are dead, they can never live. Shades, they can never rise. Of a truth, you have dealt with them and wiped them out, have put an end to all mention of them. When you added to the nation, Hashem, when you added to the nation, extending all the boundaries of the land, you were honored. Hashem, in their distress, they sought you. Your chastisement reduced them to anguished, whispered prayer. Like a woman with child approaching childbirth, writhing and screaming in her pangs, so are we become because of you, Hashem. We were with child, we writhed. It is as though we had given birth to wind. We have won no victory on earth. The inhabitants of the world have not come to life. Oh, let your dead revive. Let corpses arise. Awake and shout for joy, you who dwell in the dust. For your dew is like the dew on fresh growth. You make the land of the shades come to life. Go, my people. Enter your chambers and lock your doors behind you. Hide but a little moment until the indignation passes. For lo, Hashem shall come forth from His place to punish the dwellers of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth shall disclose its bloodshed and shall no longer conceal its slain. Our New Testament or Brit Hadashah reading is Acts 21, verses 1 through 17. And it came to pass that after we... Paul and his co-workers were gotten from them, the elders of Ephesus and Miletus, and had launched, we came with a straight course unto Cus, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patara. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now, when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand, and sailed into Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unlade her burden. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave one of another, we took ship, and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Patelemai, 
and saluted the brethren, and abode with them one day. And the next day we were that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, and bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean you to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea, and brought with them one Nason of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. Psalm 149, 1-9 Praise ye the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For Yahweh has taken pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains, and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 18.8 The words of a tale-bearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion, and we've been reading in Numbers chapter 16, and we have been following the story of how Aaron and Miriam rise up. We have been reading about how Korah and his companions rise up against Moses and Aaron. And Moses' reaction initially is to hit the deck, to fall on his face on the ground. The heart and the action of a true intercessor, understanding the full meaning and implication of what is to come. Moses does not try to defend himself. Instead, Yahweh himself is going to defend Moses over this act of rebellion. So in today's reading... The Lord says to Korah and his company to come to the tent of meeting, to bring their fire pan and put fire in it, and to lay incense on it, and to come to the tent of meeting 
they are summoned to the tent of meeting. And now Korah and all of his community that are siding with him are meeting at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And then the presence of the Lord appears to the whole community. So we're going to find out tomorrow what happens next. Now in our next section in Isaiah chapter 23, this is a fascinating chapter. What this is describing is an, a, a massive, massive earthquake that is so massive that the entire planet is shaken. If you think of the earth looking at it from space, it is tilted. There's an axis and the earth is tilted on its axis. And this moving and shaking of the earth is so massive that the actual axis of the earth is shaken. It talks about how in Isaiah 24, not 23, it talks about how the earth is laid bare, it's going to be plundered, um, that the new wine fails, desolation is left in the streets, and the earth is breaking, the crust of the earth crumbles, the earth is tottering and tottering, the earth, the entire planet is swaying like a drunkard, it's rocking to and fro like a hut, its iniquity shall weigh it down and it shall fall and rise no more. So there are some cross-references of other scriptures that give us a clue as to what's going on and when is this happening and why is it happening. First, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 12. And in Hebrews chapter 12, let me give you a little bit of context. It talks about a great shaking to come where the Father is going to shake both the heavens and the earth. And he compares this future shaking where both the heavens and the earth are shaken to another shaking that has already happened historically. And he's referring back to the shaking and the earthquake and the tempest, the thunder and lightning at the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. So in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 18, For you are not come to the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And this is a reference to Mount Sinai in the giving of the Torah. Verse 19, And the sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated, that the word should not be spoken to them any more. The people said, Moses, you go talk to God. He scares us too much. Verse 20, For they could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a spear. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now, verse 26 whose voice then, referring back to Mount Sinai, shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, 
yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So this is a reference of a future shaking where it's it's going to be the heavens and the earth that are shaken. And I believe that this passage that I just shared with you from Hebrews 12 is definitely connected to Isaiah 24. Isaiah 24 gives you more about the what. And Hebrews 12, um, the last part of that chapter, gives you more an idea of the when and the why. Now, let me take you here to Ezekiel chapter 38. And as you all know, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is describing the Gog-Magog war, when the nations of the north form a coalition and come down, uh, traveling southward towards Israel. They come against Israel. And so as they come down to take spoil, God himself intervenes. And in I'll start with verse 18, Ezekiel 38, verse 18 through 20. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So that the fish of the sea, the fowls of the heaven, the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep upon the earth, and all the men that are upon the face of the earth, shall shake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. So, in the midst of this war... God is going to cause a great shaking that will affect the entire planet. And so this is happening in the context of the Ezekiel 38-39 Gog-Magog war. So this gives us a clue as to when this tremendous planet-wide earthquake is going to happen. So Isaiah 24 describes the what Ezekiel 38 and Uh, chapter 38 gives us more clues about when the context of when this happens and in Hebrews chapter 12 we understand the why it's because so many men have departed from the Lord's statutes and commands and decrees from his ways they're not following him they're not following his Torah they've stepped out of the covenant with the God of Israel now let's jump into Isaiah 25 and there is a commentary that I'd like to share with you from Isaiah 25 verse 7 so let me just read the verse he will destroy on this mount the shroud that is drawn over the faces of all the peoples and the covering that is spread over all the nations so what's that about I believe what that's talking about is that this veil or this shroud that covers people's faces and that covers the nations, it's the veil or the shroud that prevents people from being able to hear and hearken and receive the word of God, the Torah. 
that prevents them from seeing and embracing the truth and the light of the Torah, that prevents them from seeing and receiving and hearing Yeshua as as the Messiah. So it says here in verse 7, he's going to destroy that shroud that covers over the nations. Now verse 8, he will destroy death forever. My Hashem will wipe the tears away from all faces and will put an end to the reproach of his people over all the earth, for it is Hashem who has spoken. So from the Israel Bible, the commentary on that verse reads, Celebrating the ultimate defeat of evil, Hashem will hold a banquet at his mountain, Mount Zion, and all those who celebrate will witness the undoing of Adam's punishment, the removal of death from the world. This idea also appears in the prophecies of Hosea. From Sheol itself I will save them, redeem them from very death. Where, O death, are your plagues? Your pestilence, where, O Sheol? That's from Hosea 13, verse 14. The wiping away of tears in this verse refers to Rachel's tears in Jeremiah's prophecy of the ingathering of the exiles from Jeremiah 31, verse 15. As the verse states, Restrain your voice from weeping, your eyes from shedding tears, for there is a reward for your labor, declares Hashem. They, that is the exiles of Israel, shall return from the enemy's land. And Rachel's descendants, I might add, um, she gave birth to Joseph, then she gave birth to Benjamin, and then in childbirth, after giving birth to Benjamin, she died. Joseph became the head or the leader of the ten tribes of the north, the northern kingdom. They shall return, that is the northern kingdom, the exiles of Israel of the ten tribes, shall return from the enemy's lands. God's consolation from the pains of death and exile will be an important part of the redemption and complete return to Israel for which his nation prays every day. And I'm going to add, there's one more cross-reference to that verse, and it's from Revelation. Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living waters of fountains, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And again, in Revelation 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And so in Revelation 7.17, the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and lead them to the living waters. That's obviously, it's referring to Yeshua, who is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Next, let's jump into Isaiah chapter 26. And in verse 2, we have a commentary there. Open the gates and let a righteous nation enter, a nation that keeps faith. And the Israel Bible commentary on that verse states the following. Israel's first chief rabbi, Abraham Isaac Cook, expounds upon the nature of righteousness described in beautiful poetry in this verse. The purely righteous do not complain about evil, but they increase justice. 
They do not complain about godlessness, but they increase faith. They do not complain about ignorance, but they increase wisdom. Let us strive to become purely righteous by increasing justice, faith, and wisdom in this world. What a beautiful and a precious thought. Now I want to jump down into Isaiah 26, verses 17 and 18. Let me just read those two verses. Like a woman with child approaching childbirth, writhing and screaming in her pangs, so are we become because of you, Hashem. We were with child. We writhed. It is as though we had given birth to wind. We have won no victory on earth. The inhabitants of the world have not come to life. So, in these two verses, this is a remez hint of a time frame known as Jacob's trouble. And there are verses from the book of Jeremiah about Jacob's trouble. And Jacob's trouble obviously is referring back to Jacob and he had trouble with his brother Esau. And when he confronted his brother Esau upon his return back home and Esau was coming and had mounted up an army and had drawn out swords and was going to basically slay his brother. Jacob offers peace offerings to him to assuage him, to uh, to try to mitigate and to make a compromise. Anyway, so um, the time of Jacob's trouble is a reference, a time reference to the final three and one half year period, 42 month period, 1260 day period when the day of the Lord has begun and and it's likened to a woman giving birth and there are several passages that are talking about Jacob's trouble where it literally is discussing and, and painting a picture of a woman giving birth you see this in uh, Revelation chapter 12 you also see it in Isaiah 66 can a nation give birth in one day So it's likened to a woman giving birth. What is she giving birth to? She's giving birth to biblical Zion, the nation. Right now we have a secular Zion nation, and that nation is called Israel, and it's basically, it is a secular nation. The majority of the people who live there who are Jewish are secular Jews. They are not religious Jews. But there is a biblical Zion nation that will be born. And so Jacob's trouble, then you you have a process you go through when you give birth. You go through the labor pains. And even Yeshua in his Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, and he gives signs of the end of the age. He talks about how there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in various places and famines. And, and these are all signs, you know, leading up to the end, but that's not the final end. So again, those birth pangs... Um, it's the picture of a woman who's pregnant and going to be giving birth. I'm going to stop there. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Blessings and Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.